All right, good morning, y'all. Don't you love that song? Man, I love that. And here's one of the things I love. I love the fact that everything we listen to on the radio during the, day, during the week and everything you're watching on TV and all the movies that we do, they're always having the same conversation, actually, that God wants to have with us. That, that, that we're just human beings are always engaging in the things that God cares about. And so why, that's why here at K2, I love it when we find a song like this that's really hot on the radio and we pull it out. We're just helping everybody to understand, listen, guys, you are just already engaging in the very things that God wants to talk to you about. And this is something that's really important to understand about Jesus. That when he came into the world, it says that he didn't just come in all of his glory so that he freaked everybody out. When Jesus Christ came, he came right into the people's world. And so I love the fact, because listen to these words. What if I'm far from home? Anybody ever felt far from home? Okay, all of us. Or, bro, oh brother, I will hear you call. And what if I lose it all? Anybody ever lost anything? Oh sister, I will help you out. Oh, if the sky comes falling down for you, there's nothing in this world that I wouldn't do. You guys, that, that just sounds like Jesus to me. And, and so when we talk about this idea of feeling far from home or, or struggling, man, I just want to let you know that's what we're talking about today. So we're in this series right now called Messy Church. And what we're talking about is Jesus, uh, God has made it very clear to us what his will is, that God has a purpose for us, and that through Christ, he revealed it. And he says, my will is that to unite everything in heaven and on earth under one head, and that's Christ. The will of God is to bring us all together and to make us one. And so we know that the brokenness that we feel in this planet, the frustrations that we have in our own relationships, everything when it's falling apart is against God's will, and God's will is instead to unite us and bring us together. And so his whole purpose of the church so one of the things that we can know about K2 as a church, as those who believe in Jesus, that God's will for us is to bring us together, to unite us, to cause us to love each other with a love that's like the love that he gave us. But we're calling this messy church because those people who are going to try to stand together are you and me, and we're messy, right? We are those who last week we talked about who fall away, who stumble and this week, we're going to talk about wandering. And, uh, and I don't know about you, but I, all of us, as we'll look at today, we struggle and we need to figure out how God can help us to not wander. All right? So before I pray, though, I also, I just want to, um, there's another, uh, somebody came up to me at the beginning of the, the, the day and before the first service, and they said, so man, when are we moving into our new building? <laughs> and I just said, man, you guys, you just need to pray because this week, right now, we need all of your prayer. That basically, we've been trying to nail this thing down. And just this last week, it's like a moving part again hit. And so Eric, who's our, Eric Winter and our business operations board, there are, there are some critical discussions that have to take place this week for us. And so, um, because I'm telling you, talk about being one, I, I would so love to sit in this building and just be with you, right, and give the message and be in the worship and not have to run back in there. We're so longing to be in one place together. But I, I just want to tell you, as Susie and I are praying for this, we are just trusting God and we're just asking him, God, would you just cause your will to be done? Just your will to be done. He can move the hearts of anyone. 
And so if, if this is the building that he has for us, that we've been going down, then, then let's pray. But we need to pray and ask God to accomplish his will. But I'm telling you this, if, if God can see stuff down the road, down the future for some reason, if this is not his will, then I'm trusting him. But I'm just asking God, hardcore on my knees, Lord, your kingdom come, your will be done. And this week, you guys, is critical. So can I just ask, would you guys pray for us this week? How many of you would just really pray for, okay, seriously, just I'm asking you to commit to praying this week for us as we seek God's will, all right? Okay, so let's pray together, and then we'll dive in. Father, thank you so much for Jesus, and I thank you for this message today as we're going to talk about our wandering. And here's what I know, Lord. I know that there's not a soul in this room who doesn't need to hear this word to you, to us from you. I know you've been speaking to me so deeply all week long. So God, but you're the only one who knows the specific issues of wandering that are going on in each heart that's in this room. And I know your love for us is great. So I'm asking, I really ask again, this is a, such a great word from you to us today. Would you speak to us deeply? And would you cause us to walk out of here different than when we came in? I am asking, Lord, that we would have a true, deep soul engagement with you today. And I pray for it in Jesus' name. And then, God, we just come to you together as a church. Here's what we know. We are your church, and therefore, you say that the church is your bride. You love us. And we are your body, which means you care for us. And God, we know that you called this church into existence and that you want to use this group of people that join together here to reveal your glory to this valley. So I'm asking first and foremost that you would unite us, God that you would make us, Jesus, that was your prayer, make them one. Would you give us grace for each other, forgiveness for one another, love for each other, deeply from our soul. May we love each other, God, like you love us. Make us one. And then, Lord, we're just asking for your will to be done with our facility. We simply want to be in the perfect place for you to accomplish the ministry that you want to do both in tightening us up as a body and causing us to reach out to these beautiful people that you love in Salt Lake. So God, this week, we know that we need you to move in hearts and we need you to give our team wisdom. And we're asking that your will will be accomplished. And God, I just want to say right now, I totally trust you, man. I totally trust you as together we ask for you to accomplish your purpose. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. All right. So, um... What we're doing is we're in Matthew chapter 18, you guys. And I, I really want to encourage you. Somebody else asked me before the service. It's like, hey, is there any way that I can listen to the messages here? And the answer is yes. You can go to k2thechurch.com anytime and all of our messages are on there. And I, I, can I encourage you, if you really do call K2 the church your home, would you, if you missed last week, I, man, go back and listen to this. And please join us these next two weeks. I know that God's, what he's working so deeply in us together as a body is to unite us together. And so we have to really be addressing these deeper issues, okay? So go home and read Matthew 18. If you haven't read the Bible much, this will be a great thing where you can just read this chapter and familiar, familiarize yourself with it. And today we're starting in verse 10, and it's up here on the screen if you don't have your Bible with you. So let's read it together. See that you do not despise one of these little ones. And, uh, and again, so if you were missing uh, last week, 
um, we, what we, Jesus did is he took a small infant child, okay? Could have been a baby, it could have been an infant, and I don't know why I keep holding a baby like this. Does anybody hold their babies like this? <laughs> it's been a while since I've had a baby, I need to work on that. So he took an infant and he held it in his arms and he said, unless you change and become like this little child, he says, you can't even enter my kingdom. Which means he, you, you can't even enter my way of life unless you change and become like this little child, which means you must put your faith in me. You must put your trust in me. You got to stop trying to figure life out on your own and trusting yourself. You got to trust me. Okay? So when, from, in the rest of Matthew 18, he keeps using this phrase, these little ones. But he's not talking about physical babies. He's talking about little ones are anybody who's finally put their trust in God put their faith in Christ. So here he goes. See that you do not despise one of these little ones, those who believe in me. For I tell you that their angels in heaven always see the face of my father in heaven. If a man has a hundred sheep and one of them wanders away, what'll he do? Won't he leave the 99 others on the hills and go out to search for the one that is lost? And if he finds it, I tell you the truth, he will rejoice over it more than over the 99 that didn't wander away. In the same way, it is not my heavenly Father's will that even one of these little ones should perish. So let's talk about wandering today. Here's, here's what I'm going to hit really quickly. I, I did too much on this first service, but I'm going to really quickly just hit what causes us to wander, right? Let me just ask you, how many of you in your pursuit of Christ or to get to know God have wandered away from him? Anybody wander away? Okay, this is our deal. What causes us to do that? We're gonna hit that really quick. And then we're gonna talk about how does God respond to wandering? And so my guess would be there's a good percentage of us in this room right now and you would say, that's me. I know that I have wandered away from God. I don't feel close to him right now. I know that I'm doing things that he would not be pleased with. Here's his path, and I've gone astray. So a big question for you, and how you answer this question is absolutely critical to your life. How does God respond when you wander? And then the third thing we're going to look at is this. How do we respond to wandering? When we see people that we love, when we see people that we know that we care about, and we're watching them wander and go far away from God. How do we respond to that? All right? So that's what we're going to look at. So really quickly, please, Jesus, help me be fast on this one. Number one, what causes us to wander? Let me tell you, there's three things. Deception, temptation, and distraction. And I'm not, I, I mean, we could do, a, every time I do a message, I'm like, man, I could do three messages on this message. So, but I'm, I can't. But let me just, I think it's important, though, for us to understand because so much of the time, it's like, this is the life I want to live. How in the world did I end up over here? I don't even want to do these things that I'm doing. And yet I am. Well, there's three things that happen. Number one is you start believing things that aren't true about God. That's, it, we just do. And we start believing things that aren't true about us. And it's always deception. So much of the paths we take are driven by what we believe to be true. And so one of the things you got to do, man, is you've got to be here on Sundays. You've got to be in the word of God on your own. Read the scripture and let God tell you what is true about him. 
and let him tell you what is true about yourself. Because I can tell you what, man, one of the biggest ones I am going to hit, when you start to wander, one of the things, the biggest lies you'll start to believe is that you are no longer good enough for God. And the shame that you feel for wandering away. And I'm telling you, that is one of the biggest lies for straight from the pit of hell, that you're not good enough. And so we need to fight what he tells us is true, okay? So deception and then temptation. The Bible just tells us, guess what? The reason you're wandering away is because all of us have a heart that's prone to wander. Do you guys know that? Like uh, there's a great old hymn, Come Thou Fount of Every Blessing, and it says this. Oh, to grace now great a debtor, daily I'm constrained to be. Let that grace now like a fetter bind my wandering heart to thee. Anybody know this next phrase? Y'all want to sing this next phrase with me? Prone to wander, Lord, I feel it. Anybody? Prone to leave the God I love. That was way too high of a key, by the way. <clears throat> Here's my heart, Lord. Take and seal it. Seal it for thy courts above. In Romans chapter 7, man, if you're a wanderer and you don't know why, write this verse, write down Romans 7. And Paul goes, why do I do the very thing I don't want to do? And why do I don't do the very thing I want to do? It's because our hearts are prone to wander. There will always be temptation. And then, you guys, there's just distraction. You and I are going to walk out of here and everything in this world is going to tell you you don't need God. Everything in this world is going to distract you. They're going to say, if you go after this, you'll find your life. If you give your full devotion to this, this is what will fulfill you. This is what will satisfy you. And so we wander. We go after other things instead of God all the time. So just know that those three things are there. Deception, temptation, and distraction. And we're going to fight those until the day we die. All right? So, but now let's go into the heart of what I think God is trying to teach us in this passage. How does God respond to wandering? If you're far away from God today, how's he feel? Here's the first thing, the way that God responds, is he knows. He knows. Chapter 10, or verse 10 says, See that you do not despise one of these little ones. For I tell you that their angels in heaven always see the face of my Father in heaven. See, now this is amazing. When you look at this, see that you do not despise one of these. What's Jesus saying? You guys, that is amazing personal attention. <laughs> that means every one of you in this room, God is absolutely aware of what's going on. Now, I don't know if you knew this. I don't know if once you receive Christ, the Bible teaches there are angels there's, in, in fact, Hebrews 1.14 says, Are not all angels ministering spirits sent to serve those who will inherit salvation? How many of you guys knew that? Like, isn't that a cool thought? I don't know about you, but that is really cool to me to know that as soon as I became a little one and as soon as I inherited salvation, that God said, okay, now I'm going to help you. And in the spiritual world, there are literally angels who come and help you. And so they are very aware of everything that's going on. And if you can keep that verse up there real quick, it also says what? It says that they always see the face of my father in heaven. 
which means that angels are aware of what we're doing, but they're also totally engaged with God. And therefore, God knows everything that you're doing. Isn't that exciting? Some of you are going, oh, crap. <laughs> right? Like, isn't there a way I can kind of cover that like I hide it from everybody else, you know? And, and, the, and the truth is, no, he can't. But here's why you're going to see this is actually important. There is not one thing that we go through which God isn't aware of. And that means right now, because here's what he knows about you. If you wander away from God, then you wander away from actually what's good for you. And the next thing that happens is your life starts to unravel, your peace starts to go away, stress starts to fill up your life, conflict enters your relationships, and you're sitting over here living a life you don't even want to live. And the funny thing is, when you wander away from God, he actually feels far away, doesn't he? It's like, where's God? I feel like he's abandoned me. When the truth is, no, actually, I see everything that even one of you does. And so you guys, there, any act, any act that is to the detriment of you and your life, that is not going unnoticed by God. He always sees you. Psalm 139, one through three says, you have searched me, Lord, and you know me. You know when I sit and when I rise, you perceive my thoughts from afar. You discern my going in and my lying down. You are familiar with all my ways. So you guys, you can know no matter where you are, God knows. So how does he respond to your wandering? He doesn't just turn an eye to that. He's totally, intimately there. Now, why is that good news? Because of number two. Number two is, how does God respond to wandering? He searches. Actually, this next verse, um, verse 12, I should have put a phrase at the beginning of it because it actually says, what do you think? If a man has a hundred sheep and one of them wanders away, what will he do? Won't he leave the 99 others on the hills and go out to search for the one that is lost? And that, that little phrase, what do you think? It's like he's saying, come on, you guys, will he not? Well, of, of course he will. And here's what you need to hear. Every one of you who are here this morning and you feel far away from God. And by the way, this side note here, Luke chapter 15, for those of you guys who know the Bible, Luke chapter 15 talks about the lost sheep, the lost coin, and the lost son. In that chapter, about going after, leaving the 99 and going after the one, it's about those who, are, who have never received Christ and who are far away from him. In Matthew, it's the little ones who have wandered. And who are the little ones? They're the ones who put their faith in Christ. So what we're talking about here today is these are people who actually believe in him, his little ones. If they wander, he searches after you. So it doesn't matter if you're here today and you've never put your faith in Christ at all. God says, man, I'd leave everything and go after you. And if you're a Christian here today and you're really struggling because you've got shame in your life because you've wandered away from God, here's why, please hear me. If you hear anything else today, do you understand how valuable you are to him? He would leave everything to go after you. It's like my little one, my child has been lured away, lied to, got distracted, now is lost. And God's just going to go, oh, well, well, good luck. You know, I tell you what, man, uh, years ago, we, my, my wife and I, we, with our family, we were at SeaWorld 
and Caleb, as like a six-year-old, wandered away at SeaWorld. What do you do when your little boy wanders away at SeaWorld? Hey, good luck, kid, right? Hey, park closes at 10, I'll see you at the gate, you know? No, I'm telling you, man, as soon as he was gone, what did we do? We went on the search because I love him. And you need to understand, if you've wandered away, God is searching after you. He longs for you. You are so valuable to him. But again, once, when you've wandered far away from God, it feels like he's not even there. So how can you know, you guys, how can you know when you're wandering that he is actually searching after you? Because he tells you. I'm t- this is why we need God's word. Jesus Christ came to testify to the truth. And the truth is, if you wander away from God, God loves you so much, he's searching after you. But I can tell you, there's another way you know that God's searching after you. When you wander away from God, how many of you know you've wandered away from God, right? Why, you know why you know? The only reason you know is because his spirit is the one that convicts you. Can you imagine if you wandered away from God and there was no conviction, then what would you keep doing? You'd just keep wandering and you would go so far away that you could be lost. If you're sitting in here today and you know that when you were wandering, you were feeling promptings and convictions in your heart, that is how you can know that he's searching after you. He's putting in your heart and he's whispering you, come home. And that's how you can know. And I want to tell you, here's the other thing that's interesting in the Bible, is sometimes God actually gives us over to our sin. He says, hey, if you want to wander, sometimes God just says, then go ahead and wander. And he lets us pay the consequences for it. So like for an example, this last year, uh, my daughter Ashlyn and our foreign exchange student Lynn, they went to the gas station with me. And I was in a big hurry. And so when I was out getting the gas, they said, hey, can we go in and buy some candy? And I said, sure, but you guys, you got to be back as quick as you can because we need to go. So they were quick and they came back and I was still pumping the gas. And they go, oh, oh, we forgot one thing. We want to get one more thing. And I said, okay, but listen, if you don't get back there, you've got to be here when I'm done because I'm leaving. So sure enough, I get done with my gas and where are they? They're still in the store. So you know what I did? I left. (laughs) It was awesome. Because you know where I went? Right across the street. It was, it was so cool. And I sat in the laundromat and I watched. And it was so fun because they came out and they're like, they were just shocked, right? And they're looking all over the place. They couldn't believe that I'd actually leave them. And I want to tell you, I think what God does is he goes, listen, I've told you what to do and you're not listening. Uh, let me tell you again. And you don't listen. And so God goes, all right, I'm going to go ahead and let you wander. And then we pay the consequences and we experience the fear and the anxiety creeps back in our life and our relationships start to fall apart and we don't sense God and we're all going, where is he? Where is he? And where is he? He's in the laundromat. He's just watching you. (laughs) He literally is always watching you. So man, just know that he is a God who searches after you. And here's the most beautiful thing. So how does God respond to wandering? He knows everything. He searches after you. And then number three, and this is so good, is he rejoices. He rejoices in wandering. He goes, if he finds it, Jesus tells us, if he finds his little one, I tell you the truth, he will rejoice over it more than over the 99 that didn't wander away. 
And you guys, this is huge. Because I can tell you this, man, when you wander and you know you're not doing what God wants you to do, isn't it crazy? The last thing we feel like we want to do is go back to God. All we want to do is hide from him. Why? Because what it feels like is if God discovers me and what I'm doing, he's going to be so what? So angry. He's going to be, I told you one more time. Right? And all of us are going, oh, I hear my dad. Right? And we can hear the spankings are coming. He's searching after me so he can bring me down. And Jesus tells you, and you guys look at this. He goes, I tell you the truth. And then whenever that little phrase is in the scripture, Jesus is going, he's really trying to get your attention. I'm telling you the truth because I know what you think. You think God's searching after you so he can bring you down and punish you. And the truth is he's hunting you down so he can throw a freaking party for you. And what are you all doing? You're all hiding and running away from a God that doesn't exist. That's the lie from the pit of hell. That your God is searching after you to punish you. That's not the truth. Believe what Jesus says. If he finds you, he's going to rejoice with you. And that's why the prodigal son story is so great. The son comes home and he's groveling and, oh, dad, just let me be a servant. Are you kidding? Kill the fattened calf. Throw a robe on him. Give him a great ring. My son is home. And so if you're wandering today, stop it. (laughs) Whatever, that wasn't right, but... But the reason I just want to say stop it is because, you guys, you don't need to be living in fear of a God who doesn't exist. And instead, if you would turn, you would find that this God who, yes, does he hate what you're doing? Yes, because it's destroying your soul, because it's breaking up your relationships, because it's keeping you from the life that he died for you to have. That's all. So man, he is a rejoicer over this and he wants to rejoice with you. And I want to tell you, man, you know what this does, you guys? It just shows us again the depth of his love and his concern and his care because the depth of love is often only experienced when you're faced with the possibility of loss, right? Like when I, I love my son, but when I thought I could lose him, holy smokes, the intensity of my love for him just rises through the roof. And when we found him, we just freaked out in rejoicing. I just found out this week that our dog Daisy has cancer and she's going to die. Now, if you guys remember my story, I'm like, I hate dogs, right? And the only reason we got a dog was because I felt like God was asking me to, to sacrifice my selfishness for my kids. And then I get a dumb dog and I fall in love with her. Thanks a lot. But I can tell you this, I love Daisy, but this last week, I realized how much I really love her. I mean, we're feeding her like everything now, you know, because <laughs> we just love her. Lynn, our foreign exchange student, leaves in nine days. I, we love her. She is a, as much of our family. But I can tell you, now that it's close to time to leave, now you really know. And that's why God says, if you're wandering and you're trying to lose me, I got to tell you how much I care about you. I really love you. Now, so that's how he responds to wandering. So here's a question. How do we respond to wandering? I got to go quick, but here we go. 
Number one, if you're wandering, you guys, then, then, then repent, then turn. Just again, just God is just saying, quit hiding what you're doing for me. If you'll confess the stuff to me, I know you're scared to death to expose this to me, but if you'll expose it in Christ, I will forgive you and you and I can get back together again. So some of you today, that's your action step, is you need to stop buying the lie of who he is and believe in the grace of Jesus Christ who came to pay for your sin so that you never have to fear judgment again. It's an amazing, amazing gift. Number two, if you're wandering, you've got to get connected into relationships with others. You guys, I cannot tell you how critical this is. If I've learned anything after 26 years of being a follower of Jesus intensely, most of those years in full-time ministry, can I share with you one thing I've learned about me? I can't follow Jesus by myself. I'm a wanderer. I, I am prone to wander. And here's what's interesting. If you're not connected to other people, you can start to wander and no one will know. Right? So that's why I tell you all the time, you guys, Sunday morning isn't freaking enough. Because you can come here and you can walk right out. And next week, if you don't feel like coming, who's going to know? Nobody. And, and, and then if all of a sudden you do something that you feel really shameful about and now you're like, man, church is the last place I want to be, who knows? And see, and here's the deal. I, I lads sitting here, pastors, we can't shepherd a thousand people, right? So Jesus, when God, when he was in the flesh, he hung out with 12 guys and they did life together. And I'm telling you, if I wander now, I meet with two guys every Friday for the sole purpose of keeping me close to Jesus. And them too. It's not just about me. I am a big mess. But, but we all need that. And I just want to encourage you. If you're a wanderer, who are you connected to? Because it's really hard to wander away when you're connected to somebody else because then they're like, hey, whoa, 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 what's going on? And you need that in your life. All right? Number three, when you're a wanderer too, you got to be really humble. Because usually when we're over here, the last thing we want is anybody telling us that we're doing something wrong because we already know we're doing something wrong. Right? And so Proverbs 10, 17 says, he is on the path of life. Anybody want to be on the path of life? All of us. He's on the path of, path of life who heeds instruction, but he who ignores reproof goes astray. And so man, if, if, if we've got to humble ourselves and not be defensive when somebody actually shows us something that's in our hearts. And here's the last thing. So, how many, well, let me ask you this question. I, seriously, I, I'd love for you to raise your hand. How many of you in this room know somebody right now who's wandering away from God? Anybody know anybody who's wandering away from God? Okay, half of us. The other half of you must live in a very cool group of people. <laughs> the truth is you, I'm sure you all do. What do we do when we see somebody wander? Here's what's interesting. When you become a Christian, what the Bible says is you actually receive the very Spirit of God. So God, through his Holy Spirit, takes residence in your heart. And so what does God do when he sees somebody wander? What's he do? He goes after them. And I want to tell you, man, this passage last year when I read this, I got personally so convicted. Because I think I was always thinking Luke 15, lost sheep. Anybody who doesn't know God, man, I want to help them come back to him. But I have, and I don't know if it's because of my title as a pastor or whatever, but I've never, and I never will actually, 
I, I'm so leery of manipulating people or towards, uh, towards faith that I've always felt like, you know what? If you want to walk like this, you're free to do that. And you know what? You are, right? But what I feel like God say to me in this passage, it's like, Nelson, I can tell you this, man. If I was the pastor of this church and I saw one of my little ones wander away, I would be going after him. And so here's what's interesting. All of you who rose your hand and you know somebody who's wandering away, if you're a follower of Christ, then I believe that he is living inside of you because how is God going to go after the wandering one? He goes after the wandering one through us. And so this is a huge thing, you guys. If God died to keep us together and he knew that every one of us in this room at some point or another would be prone to wander, then the only way we can stay like this is when one of us wanders, we've got to have other people in our life who love us enough to help us to get back on the path. Proverbs 27.5 says, Better is open rebuke than hidden love. Man, that is a... Let me say that again. Better is open rebuke than hidden love. And I feel like this passage just totally spanked me with that. Because, man... You, some of you love people right now that you're walking, that you're watching wander away from God. But if you really love them, like Jesus loves us, then we go after him the same way he comes after us. Proverbs 27, 5. So let me just really quickly give some, give some application. Because I can, can I just tell you, again, this is where Jesus says, don't just be a hearer. You guys, don't just come to church and listen to a message and go home and knock off your I went to church notch right on your belt. He says, if you don't put into practice what you hear, and here's what I'm telling you, you have heard today that God loves wanderers, that he gives his life to search after them, and he throws parties once he finds them, and he's living inside of you and me. I'm telling you, this is some hardcore application because you know right now somebody that I think God wants to love through you. So what do we do? The first thing is, man, today start praying for that person. Start praying for them and start asking God to move in their hearts because you're never gonna change somebody's heart. It's only God who does that. So really start praying for the person that you know is wandering, okay? Number two, you actually are gonna have to take some initiative and go love that person. Praying isn't enough. I believe with all my heart, I tell you this, man, I have needed people who love me enough when I'm going like this to let me know because we all have blind spots. So you're gonna have to actually go and have a conversation with them. And now this might be the most important thing. Make sure when you have the conversation with them that you actually have the right attitude. The last thing any wandering person needs is a self-righteous, and I said a really bad word for a service, but I'm not going to say this service. <laughs> Why not? <laughs> Bring it on. <laughs> no, but seriously, you guys listen. And you all know this. When you've wandered, if a self-righteous person is coming to judge you, what do you want to do? You want to run even farther away. <laughs> the Bible says that is, it is God's kindness that leads us to repentance. So listen to this. 2 Timothy 2, 24 through 26. It says, A servant of the Lord must not quarrel, 
which means must not fight, but must be kind to everyone, be able to teach, and be patient with difficult people. Gently instruct those who are opposing the truth. Perhaps God will change those people's hearts and they will learn the truth. So a couple things in here. When you go to help somebody who's wandering, you always do it with gentleness and with kindness. And if there's any sense of superiority or righteousness over that person, man, you just need to shut up. Get your heart right. And then talk to them. Let them know the truth. But did you guys see what that verse says? It says what? Perhaps God will change their hearts. Isn't that cool? It is not your job. You don't have to try to change anybody's hearts. That means you can love anybody even while they're wandering. You keep loving. Be invested in their life. Stand for what's right. And perhaps God will change their hearts because he loves them. And he loves you too.